Welcome to Dad Shift, a podcast where we're shifting from a worldly focus to a godly purpose. In this episode, we begin a discussion about friendship and the importance of biblical friendship. I hope you're encouraged. Welcome back to Dad Shift. We are today starting a conversation about friendship. And the reason why we're doing this now is in a couple weeks at our church here in Collierville, Tennessee, we're having a men's conference. And I want to highlight the importance of biblical friendships and these, these conferences that are designed for men to take part of because, one, we, we gather around and, and together grow and, and learn and study under the Word of God, but two, we also grow together as men. And our friendships are, are strengthened and encouraged. And uh, we got to answer the question, why is that important? The old English poet John Donne uh, wrote and said, no man is an island. But in our culture, we sure try to be alone. We, we try to be one. We're all about individualism and uh independence and autonomy, and we, we don't like to depend upon anybody else. Our culture has changed so much. We used to spend hours in each other's homes and weekly potlucks and sitting in front of porches talking to our neighbors about life and knowing everyone on our street. And yet now we live in a world that is focused on autonomy and individualism and isolation and privacy. R. Kent Hughes said, Today, friendship has fallen on hard times. Few men have good friends, much less deep friendships. Individualism, autonomy, privatization, and isolation are culturally cachet. But deep, devoted, vulnerable friendship is not. This is a great tragedy for self, for the family, and for the church. Because it is in relationships that we develop into what God wants us to be. And I think that's true. I think it's as we rub shoulders together and, and strive together towards Christ, that we are encouraged, that we are edified, that we are built up, that we are corrected. I mean, the Proverbs say that it is uh, sweet, the rebuke of a brother. There's something so crazy about that, that that is a good thing when, when, when a friend rebukes us and corrects us as opposed to just kind of letting us go on our way to our, our own devices in, in, in turmoil and agony and, and pain. So what is friendship? What is biblical friendship? St. Augustine said, What is a friend but a single soul dwelling in two bodies? One of the best pictures of a friend is uh, found in 1 Samuel chapter 18. And it's the story of David and Jonathan. And you can read chapters earlier about, about Jonathan and about David. But in chapter 18, verse 1, it's when they, become, they, they, they come together. It's when they meet. It's when they, they become friends. And it says this in, in 1 Samuel 18, verse 1. It says, as soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, 
and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. There's something so sweet about that. There's something so true about that. As Proverbs says, as one man sharpens another, so one brother, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. There's this necessity of of friendship in our life. And yet, as men, we can often kind of avoid friendships, kind of keep people at, at bay. We like to talk about sports or the weather or or cars. We'll even talk about work or our family. But we tend to keep people away from our personal life. We tend to keep people on the surface level. And, and I really want to just begin by talking about different levels of friendships. I think over the next few weeks, we're going we're gonna to dive into this idea of friendships and what, what it means and why it's important and, and how to develop friendships. But, but first, I just want to talk about different levels of friendships. Because there are some who believe that because we're Christians, we should have deep, intimate relationships with every other Christian we know. And I just don't see that in Scripture. I, I do say that, that we ought to be friendly with everyone, that we should have a love for, for every Christian, and that there should be a, a familial and, and, and this common bond that's Christ that bonds us together that, that is stronger than anything else in this world. But it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be close, intimate friends with everyone. And we see this in Jesus' life. He had the crowd following him. Then he had his followers or his disciples. Then he had the 70 that was, that was a smaller group. And then he had his 12, the, the, the immediate disciples. But even within the disciples, Jesus had his inner three of Peter, James, and John. And so I think... I think there's a level of uh, there's a level of friendships that 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 kind of fluctuate and and people are are good friends or or acquaintances and uh, and, I, and I think that's okay, but it's also something to say that we have to be friendly to everyone, whether they're a believer or not a believer. We have to be friendly to all. And Jesus says in Matthew twenty two. There's this overarching greatest commandment, right? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. He says, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So no matter what level of friendship we have with someone, whether they're an acquaintance, whether they're a stranger, whether they're an intimate friend, or whether they're a, 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 an enemy. There, there is no loophole in these two, verse, these two commandments that allow us to, to hate or not be friendly to someone. We have to, to love our neighbor, love the, the person next to us, love whoever we come in contact with, love them as ourself. Because that's how God loves. God loves the, his enemy and sent his son to die on the cross for those who hated him for yet while we were yet sinners Christ died for us and so just briefly I want to I want to just kind of give a little overview of, of different levels of friendships the first level of friendship is the acquaintance and 
And this passage in, in Matthew 22, that we ought to love our neighbor as ourself, applies to this group of people. Therefore, regardless of the person, what they believe, where they live, the color of their skin, who they're voting for, or, or how much they talk about the things that you do like or don't like, that we are to love them as ourselves. But these are the people whom, whom you know of. Sometimes they are, they are complete strangers who come into your path for a moment. Sometimes they're uh, different people at work where you, you're kind of aware of them and you might you know, have a small conversation here or there, but you don't really know them. You don't know the depth uh, of what makes them tick. They're just an acquaintance. This is probably the biggest group of people in your life. Everyone in the world kind of fits into this group of people of a, as an acquaintance. You know, you might know their name or you might even not know their name. You're just kind of aware of them. Even a stranger, as soon as you begin a conversation, becomes an acquaintance. But then the second level of friendship is a friend, right? Someone who you know their name. These are the people that move from the acquaintance group into the friendship group. You know the names of their, their, their spouse or their kids. These are the ones whom you spend time with on a fairly consistent basis. You would call them up to, to you know, play a round of golf or play a, a tennis match or whatever. These could be people at work or people at, uh, at school or at church where, where you know you see regularly and you invite them into your home. You know them a little better than, than necessarily anyone else who, who comes into your circle. And, and I think in the church, as believers, everyone should be able to fit into this category because we are the body of Christ. We, we ought to have a level of care for everyone in the church where, where Christ is the head of the body and we care for one another and we want to know how we can help and pray for one another and what's going on in each other's life. But it doesn't mean that they are the ones you, you go on vacation with or spend your holidays with. or It doesn't mean you're, you know, if you meet someone new at church, you're inviting them over and, and spending you know, seven hours a day with them. No, 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 no. You know, but, but they ought to be able to fit into this category. One of, one of my good friends growing up, we, we couldn't be more different. Uh, there was... There was this reality that, that I loved sports. He loved the orchestra. I loved the outdoors. He loved coffee shops. I loved co- competition, and he loved kind of passivity. I liked to win, and he loved just to participate. And there was just this so, like, we were on so polar opposites but there was this like-mindedness, this mutual love for Christ that caused us to be good friends. We, we, were, we were on the same path. And that's the third level of friendship, the good friends. These are the people in your life who on a Friday night you want to, to go do something with. These are the ones who you... you kind of call first when you're having other people over and you're saying, Hey, are you free Friday night? We're thinking about having people over to the house. Can, could you come? Yeah, great. Okay. We're going to invite these other couples as well. Right there. These are, these are your go-to friends. This is a smaller group, right? These are, these are the ones that you call when you're in tragedy. 
And then the fourth level of friendship is an intimate friend. Jesus had his, his 70, but he also had his 12, and then he had his three. And I would tend to argue that, you know, there's, there's probably not more than three intimate friends that you have. And there's probably two. You probably have, uh, hopefully, your spouse is your first and primary intimate friend who knows the, the, the rough things in your life and the, the heartache and the hardships and the things that make you tick. And, uh, you know, they, they, they know you when something's off. And then there's probably a, a one other guy friend that you have that you can talk about anything with. I think it's important to note that the people in each of these categories change depending on stage of life, location, direction in life. New people come into your life and others fade away. That's okay. You know, it's, it's hard to be really present in the here and now if you're constantly trying to stay up to date or, or stay connected with people of the past. Now, I'm not saying just disconnect with them completely. Some, some friends I've had for a long time and I haven't talked to in years, and I think if I picked up the phone and called them, we would pick up just as if we were, I saw them yesterday. There, there, there's, a, there's a goodness to being able to continue a friendship over a long period of time, and there's, there's a goodness and a rightness to be able to be present with the people around you where God has placed you for the right now. And having those those friendships be built. And, and yeah, it takes time. It takes energy. It takes effort. When you move to a new city or uh, when your job changes or career changes and you're not around certain people anymore and you're like, man, I got to start over. Or maybe you're changing churches and, you know, you, you walk into a church and there's a ton of people and you know nobody. It takes a lot of work to, to build friendships. That's Okay. And the reason why it's okay is because your identity is not found in who your friends are. Your identity is not in which friend group you are or, or what events you're invited to. We all have desires to have friends, but our identity is in, found in Christ. It's important to, to know that. When you don't get invited to something that you're, you know, it, it can be hurtful, but it, doesn't break you because your your identity is not found in in a specific person inviting you to an event or not so as we talk about friendship as we have this this conversation over the next couple of weeks i encourage you to think through your life think through what caused certain people to be good friends intimate friends people who knew you what caused that and then I also want you to think about your life right now. Do you have good, godly friendships? Do you have friendships that, that point you to Jesus? Do you have friendships that, that sharpen you as iron sharpens iron? Do you have friendships that your, your, your spouse wants you to go hang out with these people because they make you more like Jesus? All right, I hope you have a good week. Next week, we're going to look at the, the principles of friendship. What makes a good friend? I hope you're encouraged. Do you have questions about the dad life or how to disciple your kids? Please reach out and email me at justinh at centralchurch.com. 
We'll have new episodes each week and your comments, reviews, and emails will help us continue to put out content that helps dads shift from a worldly focus to a godly purpose. Also, make sure to subscribe to Dad Shift to get each week's episode. Finally, if you know a dad who needs to hear this podcast, please consider sharing it with them. Until next time.